to Springfield's Class of Rock. It's 534, and the Foo Fighters are back to Nagel and Rock 102. It is going to be uh, pretty sunny today and nice with a high of 63. This is like October weather. This is the this is the weather we've all been waiting for. And then it's probably going to turn to snow and, and rain and sleet in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> 48 hours of this until it turns uh, the other way. Sunny and 68 tomorrow, 44 right now in downtown Springfield. Listen, I've been off for three days. I don't even know what's coming up today other than the keyword to cash. Pretty sure that's going to happen. I was here yesterday, and I still don't know what's coming up today. It's it's a surprise. That's what yeah. I like coming in here. It's like a big surprise. Yeah, no, it's, it's it'll be fine. Don't you worry about nothing. It's just going to be, you know, a little bit of a surprise though to us all. But uh, Marcotte Ford, what a yes. great bunch of people they are. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because sponsoring you see, this podcast. That's right. Marcotte, Marcotte Ford, they got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. Giddy up. 535 and Rock 102. 552 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be nice and sunny today with a high of 63. Tomorrow, uh, 68 for a high. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, the Hulk is not being too superhero heroic to his uh, wife these days. At least that's her story. Lou Ferrigno's wife, Carla, has filed for divorce, and she claims that he's being shady and abusive. And he just doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. Well, because he's partially deaf. Well, Lou Ferrigno is? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I can't hear nothing. Hulk need hearing aid! That's right. Is that what he said? That's right. Yeah. Uh, what's worth is that she's been diagnosed with dementia, and she says he's... She's been diagnosed with dementia, and she says he's been trying to establish a conservatorship against her will in order to control her affairs. She's 74, he's 71. They've been married for 43 years. So all the way through the, the whole Hulk years... Well, no. Well, no. Well, yeah. 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 Or or maybe at his yeah, height of his fame. 40 years 40 ago? 40 years ago? Yeah, sure. That would be yeah. about right. Uh, she also says Lou has a mistress with whom he, quote, spends most of his time traveling to various appearances and flaunting in my face even when he is home. Oh, really smash. <laughs> it's what he's been smashing. Yeah. Lou, uh, for his part, is accusing their 42-year-old daughter, Shanna, of elder abuse for trying to take Carla to the bank to withdraw $500,000. Uh, but Carla says Lou is just trying to trap her in the marriage so he can hold on to everything they've accumulated during the marriage. The truth is she wants Shanna to manage her affairs. It's a big mess over at the Hulk household. Oh, my gosh. What, a, what an awful situation. Yeah, the thing is, you, you don't want to make Lou angry. You, you know, never want to make Lou angry. This is a, uh, this is kind of like, uh, like the comedy of errors, like, like the, like the twist of the story that you have for all these superheroes. Like, you know, maybe Batman uh, wound up, you know, meeting some girl along the way. Sure. Bat girl, for for example, and well. then Bat girl has, uh, they have a bat child together, and then Bat girl runs off with Wolverine, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Batman's every other weekend picking the kids up at Gotham City McDonald's. Just, you know, following them yeah. around in the Batmobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pick you up from school, okay? See you later, little buddy. 
Uh, what is, uh, let's see, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, wasn't always just the goop lady or a minor character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She actually won an Oscar, although it was almost 25 years ago, for Shakespeare in Love. Remember I remember that. that. And that Oscar isn't just sitting on a shelf. She has found a very interesting way to use it. All right, before I go any further, yeah, knowing what you know about the goop and the... Uh, Listen, I, I know where you're going with this story because I saw it too. Yeah. It's not so connected to the goop. It's G-rated. It's G-rated. Yeah, it is. yeah, of course it is. Given the kinds of products and services uh, she champions on Goop, you might be tempted to cover your children's ears for this, but it's okay. It seems that she just uses it as a doorstop at her summer home in the Hamptons. Imagine being so, like, well, whatever. I get another one of these. Yeah. And then you've already used it as a doorstop, and then you realize, I'm never getting another one of these ever again. Well, I use my Hall of Fame plaque to yeah. uh, actually balance a coffee table. Oh, really? Yeah, I have it you know, stuck underneath the, the one oh, off I, leg, and I hate, now the coffee table's nice and secure. I hate going into restaurants and having that shaky leg. Don't you hate that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that either. Yeah. Uh, the uh, This was all revealed during a 73 questions video she did for Vogue. Oh, my God. I can't 73 even, I, questions? I'd get uh, through one question with her. Yeah, name, uh, yeah. and that would be it. Yeah, we all know the other stuff you're doing with your goop, you dirty girl. Uh, it was probably a joke, or at least a setup. The question is, was Gwyneth trying to be funny, or does she really want us to think that she's that unimpressed with the silly Hollywood accolade? I think I saw a picture of it. Yeah. Because that, that door kept swinging back and forth. You need something there, and... That's heavy enough, probably. Yeah, nothing's getting past that thing. That's like made of real gold, or gold-plated at least. Gold-plated. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably just lead inside of there. Yeah, the, the Academy of Motion Pictures isn't mining its own gold. Uh, Keanu Reeves made a nine-year-old fan's day in Houston before his show with his band Dogstar. Keanu signed a few autographs for the fan and his brother and grandma and was asked if he'd play catch with, uh, with a football, and of course, he did. The huh. uh, fan's grandma said Keanu was good to them, and his older brother said he was surprised by Keanu's hair. Quote, I didn't expect to be hair like... I didn't expect his hair to be like a little white. He's getting older. <laughs> He's almost a 60-year-old man by now. I knew his hair was long, but uh, I didn't expect it to be white. You know, that's... He sounds like a pretty genuine guy. You know, for all, you know, stereotype of Bill and Ted and all that other sure. stuff. He actually... He seems like a pretty down-to-earth guy and doesn't mind... You know. Yeah, but if you asked Alex Winter to throw a ball around, yeah, it'll never happen. He's like, do you know who I am? And the kid says, uh, no. And he'd go, awesome, and he'd do an air guitar. And then he'd hop into a phone booth. And, and the kid still away. says, I I'm sorry, I still don't know who you are. Yeah, who, who are you? Were you in something else? You, I look, you look vaguely familiar, but I cannot place that face. Well, I was selling reverse mortgages for a while. Maybe you <laughs> saw my face on TV. Dude? Yeah, I'm sure that must be it. It could be. Uh, Guillermo del Toro was working uh, on a Jabba the Hutt movie for Star Wars Universe, but it fell through. But he calls it good practice. He goes, we designed a great world. We designed great stuff. We learned. And yes, you didn't get paid. You learned that you didn't get work. <laughs> you learned that there was no check at the end of the week. There have been some uh, some hookups on Dancing with the Stars over the years, but it's surprising that it doesn't happen more often the way Brooke Burke tells it. Brooke won the Mirrorball Trophy with Derek Huff back in uh, 2008. 
And if she wasn't married at the same time, she would have absolutely been hitting that. Or well, at least could, trying to. Can she be blamed? No, I wouldn't be blamed. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't blame her. She says, uh, let me tell you why. You're interviewed with somebody's uh, body when you're not a dancer. There is no way that I've ever been so connected besides with a lover or a husband, and it's every single day. Can you imagine her husband listening to this going, what? What are you? What? What? <laughs> I had no idea. Well, he's probably thinking, am I getting a, a hall pass out of this? Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, this is like the, the thing that gets revealed in marriage counseling. I didn't know you wanted to have sex with him. Well, I, I told you I had a good connection with him, but you didn't tell me how deep it was. Well, that's it. I'm just going to have to have sex with Gwyneth Paltrow now. Yeah, yeah. I want to be on Dancing with the Stars. I want to go with that guy. <laughs> Why can't I have a connection with the man? Because you can't dance. Does it? Can, I can do the the, mat, the, <laughs> the, the mattress mambo. Mattress mambo. Uh, and Kim Kardashian was ensconced in a latex outfit over the weekend. Really? Yeah. She just had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had this much latex was when Ray G lost his poon balloon in my sarlacc pit. And that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. We have like a Star Wars theme going on this <laughs> yeah, morning really, here. We really do. Uh, Caitlin? Oh, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, uh, mother Chris Kim, but I once iced docked the Dutch rocket. I took her to Chindong Silvers. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I gave her the rusty Hidalgo from the groin sword. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yes. you can look that one up on uh, Urban Dictionary. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. I eat at Staples. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, on November 12th, 1972, at the age of six, I allegedly watched the Miami Dolphins host the New England Patriots in what would become the worst loss in team history. 52 to nothing. Now, I was too young to remember all the carnage that day. I was young and probably preoccupied with other things. There's also a chance that I may have suppressed those traumatic memories and have stored them deep inside the most seldom used parts of my brain, which I should point out, there are many of them. Nevertheless, that was the year the Dolphins went undefeated with a 14-0 record, whereas the Patriots finished that year with the second-worst record in the conference, finishing up that dreadful season with a record of three wins and 11 excruciating losses. Those were the Patriots of my youth. A ragtag mishmash of underwhelming talent and horrifying coaching. In fact, you old people might recall that in 1972 was the year the Patriots fired Phil Bengston as head coach just five games into the season before hiring John Mazur, who managed to squeeze in two more wins that year. Why am I bringing that up? Because once upon a time, the Patriots were as bad as the Patriots you see today. In fact, they may have even been worse and as horrible as they've been this year. Let's not forget the 1-15 season in 1990 under Rod Rust or the year they went 2-14 under Dick McPherson in 1992. Now, those were awful football teams, almost as bad as the 2-14 team in 1982 under Ron Earhart or the 2-11 team under Clive Rush in 1970. Every single one of those teams is a putrid excuse for a professional football team as any in the league. Again, why am I bringing this up? Because at some point, as miserable as the Patriots used to be, they did eventually get better at some point. Granted, it was 30 years to get there, and it might take another 30 years to get there again. And while things look dreadful on Sunday with that 34 to nothing blowout by the Saints, there's still a chance that in your lifetime, they might return to being a decent football team someday. 
Not anytime soon, of course, but it may happen. So until they figure that out, remember, it can always be worse and often has. You just have to have a ridiculous amount of patience. I sure hope you're good for it, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Eagle Leaf Blowers, Lawn Mowers, Chainsaws. They use the same battery, one battery, many outdoor power tools. There's an Eagle Specialist at every Rocky's Ace Hardware, like Jason at the Liberty Street Rockies in Springfield. Get a battery-powered leaf blower, lawnmower, or chainsaw at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 615 and Billy Idol. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 63. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 68. 44 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, I've been uh, driving the same car for nine years. It's like I, a, Well, no, nine, uh, eight years. It's like a nine-year-old car. And, and you know, I have to say, um, you take very good care of things. Because it, do, it didn't look like an old car. No, you know what no. I mean? Like, it didn't look like it was worn out or, uh, you know. It, uh, well, I don't think you ever stood up real close to it. <laughs> well, but I no, mean, visually, I from, a, from, from a back, it didn't yeah. look like it was, like, a, a 10-year-old vehicle. Actually, no. I drove uh, you the other day. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. I, I found it was uh, very clean, very, uh, very... Yeah, you didn't look uh, under the floor mats. Okay, but everybody's got something uh, that they have in their car that they yeah. uh, don't. I have a, I have an apocalypse full of probably goldfish crackers shoved under the back seat <laughs> just in case the apocalypse yeah. happens. My kids have something to eat. Well, you've always been kind of a survivalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your case, I, I'm like that that naked guy that goes out in the woods and goes, look at this, it's energy. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I hold up that goldfish cracker going, look, energy. Well, think about like uh, in The Sopranos when you got yeah. uh, you Paulie Walnuts and Christopher in the, in the car. Yeah, yeah, and the only thing to eat is those lousy ketchup packets. Yeah, hey, you, know, if you don't have those in the car, they could have starved. It's nutrition. That's... You know, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You're getting something in your system, whether it's old expired ketchup packets or a fistful of gold <laughs> goldfish crumbs. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, I've had this car for an awful long period of time, and uh, you know, sometimes you just uh, you just got to say goodbye. You, know, you just got to let go. I mean, you you have a long relationship, and it's just a machine. That's all. Just it, a machine. Oh, don't say that. They well, have personalities. Well, this is uh, this is the the moment where I've uh, I've now decided it's it's time to say goodbye and time to start seeing other cars. And uh, did you have a name for your car? Did you name your vehicle? Yeah, I call out the uh, the rusted old crap box, but that's something just between you and me. See, I, I like named all my vehicles. When I had the black truck, I called it the Black Widower. The minivan I call the panty dropper. Right. And uh, that new truck I got with, like, the the, the, the custom-made bed on it, it's Sanford and Son. Yeah. You know, I was going to yeah. say the uh, the Clampet Jalopy, because it's pretty close it's to that. It's actually not a jalopy. It's actually a very well-built uh, vehicle. And actually, let me tell you something, runs a hell of a lot better than that Ford did. Oh, I'm yeah, sure that's yeah. the truth. But, yeah, I love the wood side, uh, the wood siding on it. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, that's a handsome look. Anyway, uh, I, uh, I we we bought a car mm-hmm. on uh, on Saturday, and uh, just went to the dealership. So let's let's take a look. Let's drive it one more time just to be sure because we've been looking for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and we wanted to get a truck because we're figuring you know, if you're going to uh, the camper every weekend in the summertime, yeah, need the truck. A lot of utility. I'm not moving anybody else's furniture but mine. I'm not doing anybody any favors. It's just my truck, and that's it. You want oh, yeah. a truck to move your stuff? You get your own truck. It ain't gonna be mine. 
Anyhow, uh, we drive the truck and we say, yes, we are going to pull the trigger. We're going to buy this truck. We're going to buy it right now. All right. Of course, I didn't have my car to trade in, but, uh, you know, they gave me a quote and uh, it was uh, it was quite reasonable as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, it's uh, it's a good uh, shape for a car of those many miles. Plus, the banks were closed and you couldn't just go get that bag of money. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't have the uh, the money to just drain the accounts, and uh, you know everything was closed on Monday, so no banks, no insurance company, none of that. Uh, you know, the the, the registry is not open, so yeah, yeah. today's going to be the day. So yeah, you know, we drive the car, and it's it it's it's a real comfortable truck, really really nice, and so the brand new one, brand spanking new one. Oh look at oh, that! Oh, it's got seventeen miles on it. Ooh. I would like to know whether it's highway or city. Yeah. But the uh, the guy couldn't tell me. I want to know what happened in those 17 miles. Someone was taking it for yeah, a joyride yeah. for at least 15 yeah. and then one more mile back to the dealership. Right. Anyhow, uh, yeah, we fill out the appropriate paperwork. I'll have more paperwork to do today, but for the most part, all the big stuff is done. Right. And uh, so, so uh, we leave. Mm-hmm. And it's like 5 o'clock. And there's, you know, it's, it's the end of their business day. They're locking things up and... Yeah, my wife and I are driving away, and uh, all of a sudden, I get a phone call from a number I do not recognize. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I always pick up a phone call with an un- anytime there's a phone ringing, I pick it up because you just never know. I always pick up a number I don't know and go, "Hi, my name is uh, Steve Nagel, and my social security number is oh five four one six eight nine five four. Damn it, Steve is exactly yeah, what I, know, I do. Yeah, that's right. my date of birth is uh, you know whatever. So he, uh, so it's the, it's the, it's the, uh, the car salesman and the, and, and he, uh, and, I, and he says, Hey, um, uh, did you walk out of here with the key to that car that you were going to buy? And I'm going, well, let me, let me check. And I had it in my pocket and didn't even completely forgot it was in my pocket. So yeah, so I had the, the key, uh, in my pocket and, uh, he said, well, uh, where are you? And I'm like, well, I'm probably like a mile and a half away. Yeah. I said, uh, do you want me to return it? And he said, no, 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 just just, just keep it till you come back in. Keep it till you come back in? Yeah. You haven't really even actually signed the paperwork yet. I could technically go yeah. right back there right now, well, maybe- take it off the lot, yeah. and no one needs to know boo. I, uh, you know what? I think you should, uh, I think you should go, go up to Northampton. Yeah. At the end of the uh, the I-91 ramp, yeah. there's a guy there looking for cash and just say, you know what? Today is your lucky day. <laughs> you don't need... You don't need uh, you don't need food money for food. You need yeah. a brand new car. Yeah, it's all gassed up. It's ready for you to just drive right off the lot. <clears throat> I wonder what uh, you know, how stupid I, a man can be where he gets a, a, a like a brand new key on a very long fob. Yeah. So like like it, it's like it's it's a, it's the fob attached to like another fob. Yeah, and it's probably like six inches of plastic, and I don't know how. In God's name, I walked out of there totally forgetting I had it. Yeah, how did you do that? I don't know. Uh, you may find this hard to believe, but sometimes I do some very, you know very what? stupid stuff. I'm going to give you a pass on this one because it's a fob, right? It's yeah. not even like a key that you actually insert into an, any ignition. Source. No, don't. I don't find those convenient at all. The fob? Yeah, because I'll be driving sometimes and the way that the the way that that van that I got is like the console in the middle, yeah. it's easy for something to drop. There's no place to hold it. 
there really is no place to hold it. I mean, I right. guess you could put it in one of the cup holders, but if you have people in the car and they're using all the cup holders, then you don't know where to put the key. So it's e- it's easier to just keep it in, in your, your pocket. pocket. So I can see how you did that. Just totally walked out the but door. Didn't even think about but it. But you are an idiot. But that's okay. oh yeah. No, yeah. listen. I'm the first to admit that right. that's that's a really idiotic thing to do because it's not my car yet. Yeah. I mean, it's got you know it's being held for me, yeah. but it's not mine yet. That'll change today. But I I now have the. Uh, I have the fob right in my jacket pocket. You went to a reputable dealer for this, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Very reputable. Uh, so it's not like one of these fly-by-night uh, like, uh, Owl's Motor Sales or something like that. It, it did Every car guaranteed to pay. Remember that? In, uh, <laughs> years ago, I don't remember what the name of the place was, but it was a place in South Hadley. Yeah. And I, because, you know, as a kid, you want to go through the car magazine. That's a thing that doesn't exist anymore. The, the thrill of going through the auto shopper magazine. Oh, yeah. You know, the local auto shopper magazine? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, why can I save up to buy my money? And there was a guy in South Hadley that would, $500 for every car, and they're all guaranteed to pass mass state inspection. <laughs> of course, you have to go to this very inspection station that we own. <laughs> you can't go anywhere else. But we've never rejected a vehicle that we sold. Yeah. So, uh, we yeah. only reject the cars that were sold by somebody else. So at least you know you're getting a... a, 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 a you know, some, from somebody reputable as I'm, opposed I'm, to getting. It's, you know. it's a very reputable dealer. Yeah. I, you know, I've dealt with that uh, that uh, that branch of yeah. uh, dealerships before. Had never had a problem, uh, and uh, the vehicle came highly recommended by Mike Quincy. Oh, I was going to say highly recommended by the salesperson. I'm like, okay. No, 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 no. It was by Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports because I, mm-hmm. you know, I contacted him a couple, yeah, you know, like six months ago. I said. Yeah. There are four different uh, trucks. Which one's the best? He said, "With well, it's it's not even a question. It's this one." So, what'd you get? Uh, did you get uh, like a dump truck? No, it's not a no. Um, I'm just dumping a lot of money. That's that's the only thing that's getting dumped out of that truck. You know what I saw the other day driving down the street? It was one of those like I call them Japanese uh, trucks because it was like it looks like a box truck front, but then it's got a flatbed on the back. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? And they're yeah. little tiny little cabs. Yes. I, th- I think they're they're Mitsubishi's or something like that is the name of that thing. Uh, you should get one of those. Well, I'm already committed uh, to something else, plus I have the key. So oh, as, that's long, right. you as long as I'm the key holder, then I'm pretty much secure that that's what it's going to be. I, uh, I was telling you off the air, I could drive you up there after the show before you have this meeting, because you have like a meeting, right? Don't you have like a, a, an appointment? Um, to go pick it up, or is it any time you want? It's to? gonna be like any time because I I I still gotta call my insurance company. Right. Uh, we got a commitment at one o'clock today, yeah. and then yeah, that's at that point I will go and. All right, let's call Coombs over here. He can run the rest of the show. I'll drive you up to Northampton. You can grab the car, and then when they say uh, we don't know where the car is, and then we can start this big manhunt. You know. We'll put a couple of dings in it, and then uh, we'll say, "Hey, it was stolen from the dealership, and uh, we're, we're uh, we want the insurance money on this." You had me until you said Coombs. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. Never mind the grand theft yeah. auto that we yeah. were planning to to, to steal mean, a vehicle you, off a car lot. It sounded like a good plan, yeah. but the moment, the moment yeah. you hit step one, I'm yeah. like, eh, I, I can't even listen to the rest well, of it now. I'm sorry. I was trying to make a nice fantasy. It's Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. We know you're busier than ever before. Serve you. 
633 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rom Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomHyundai.com slash family. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Uh, something I'd like to address here. Uh, uh, unfortunately, over the weekend, uh, Cy Becker passed away from uh, from 22 News. You know, I, uh, I, heard, I saw that. And I immediately texted, and I f- could find nothing. I could find nothing on 22's website or Mass Live. And I texted Barry, and I yeah. said, "Is do you know anything about this? Yeah. And he confirmed that, in fact, it had happened. And I yeah. said that I was uh, part of me was waiting for Western Mass News to break the story before 22, but yeah. uh, that wasn't the case. <laughs> Which usually is the case. It, uh, yes, lately. but in this case, it really should have been Cy. And then, uh, uh, well, let me just read the the the, the thing from Twenty Two News. Yeah. Uh, Cy Becker, our longtime friend, our friend and longtime reporter here at Twenty Two News, has passed away after a short illness. In his sixty year broadcast career spanning radio, TV, and the internet, Cy was well known for his boundless energy and unmistakable voice. I used to like, you know, when he did that. And now another look at the movies. You know, you know. I remember when I first came into town. You know, young, precocious. Yeah. You know, just uh, looking to get around. And uh, the first time I saw Cy Becker on TV, I couldn't believe it. I was like, "What is all of this?" <laughs> He's a. Uh, it was a. It was a little ball of energy. But you know, uh, getting to know the guy and then seeing him in a crowd and work a room. Yeah. Dude was unbelievable. Yeah, he knew he knew his stuff. So he I was always absolutely in, did. So I was always in his element when walking in the Holyoke St. Patrick's Parade, soaking up the cheers from thousands of his adoring fans. Whether it was marching in the parade, hosting the East Longmeadow Concert Series, or the Red Cross Hometown Heroes Celebration, he lived for moments like that. Born in 1936 in the borough of Brooklyn, Cy attended the City College of New York and the School of Radio and Television. He started his broadcast career in radio with stops and stations in Chicopee, Asheville, North Carolina. Or, I'm sorry, Asheville, North Carolina, and Dover, Delaware, before spending 14 years at WSPR AM in Springfield, where he was news director and an award-winning reporter. But it was uh, right there at 22 News where Cy became the household name. You know, we used to have him on the show quite a lot. Yeah. Doing film reviews. You know, this is back in the 90s and yep. stuff. And, you know, this is probably on like uh, like once every couple of weeks. Yeah. And then uh, one day there was some, some issues between us and, the uh, you know, is that the after uppity that ups. Seinfeld thing? Yeah, it was yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then uh, and then we ran into Cy like a couple days later. And uh, he comes up to us, and the first thing out of his mouth is, Problems! <laughs> and he was oh, like, like, like yeah. what do you mean, problems? Well, I've been told I should not be going on your show. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, Was it something we that. said? Oh, yes, it yes. was something you said. It was definitely something you said. He was very, but he spoke with that cadence too, all the time, even off the air when yep. he spoke like that. So, uh, rest in peace, Cy. Uh, it's like it's like another piece of Western Mass is gone yeah. now. You know, it's like that's that's how it happens. You just you know what this you know what it ultimately means what that the dean of local television yeah is now Rich Tedimer without question. Yeah, there There's really nobody is nobody yeah, who has been around as long as Tedimer. I'm trying to think. You're right. There is nobody else on the air. No. Ah, Rich Tedimer, the senior. That's yeah, it. The senior class. That's it. There we go. The last man standing. Yeah, he's uh, going to be doing funnel, beer funnels, and everything else like that before he graduates into retirement. Oh, know? yeah. Um, Enfield police were called to stop and shop after a larceny had just happened involving a suspect who was detained by loss prevention. 
According to the Ensfield Police Department, after subsequently interviewing the suspect, two men were found in a related vehicle in the parking lot. Multiple knives, a fake handgun, narcotics, and narcotics paraphernalia were found in the car. The incident led to three arrests for drug larceny and weapons offenses. A lot's going on at Enfield down there. Yeah, it seemed to be such a sleepy burg, too. A uh, portion of Granby Road... Uh, wait a minute. A portion of Granby Road in Chicopee is closed this morning due to a three-car accident overnight when the 22 News crews arrived. Do you want to know what they saw? What do they see? Ah, oh, we could see the front of a sedan smashed in, and there was a truck being towed from the area. It was crazy. There was those yellow flashy lights, and it was like, be-wee-wee-wee-wee-wee-wee-wee. Be-wee-wee-wee-wee-wee. Are you sure it wasn't D-da, D-da, D-da? No, no, no. We're not in that country. And then they had a sign on the back that said, slow down and move over. Because huh. they want you to slow down. They want you to move over. That's why they put up signs like yeah. that. The uh, portion uh, the portion of Granby Road is closed. Okay. But they don't say... Granby Road is a very large... or long, I'm sorry, a very long road. It is. So where exactly is this accident? You don't need to know. Just know that parts of Granby Road are closed. Okay. That's it. That's I guess all. I, it just seems a little odd that you wouldn't include oh, it's odd. the streets that it's closed from. You know what I mean? Some reports will tell you that. Like there was an accident on the 500 block of such and such a street. Yeah. And that way you know, hey, I want to avoid the 500 block. Gives right. you an idea of where not to be. Uh, here, it's just, uh, I guess, anywhere on Granby Road. Connecticut State Police are looking to identify two people who allegedly stole a bag at Bradley International Airport. According to the state police, the larceny occurred on September 21st. Do you remember? The 21st of September. September. Uh, two people in the photos uh, that they have listed on their Facebook page allegedly were seen taking an unclaimed North Face brand roller bag from the baggage claim area. Have you ever had something unexpected <clears throat> in the baggage claim? If you know what I'm saying? Well, you know... So many bags look exactly alike. I always have wondered, with all the security that they have at the airport, Yeah, the one thing they don't have security for is who's stealing your bag at the end of the trip. Well, I mean, I'm sure most, for the most part, it probably goes goes pretty well. Years ago. Yeah. And it, maybe they still do this at certain airports, but you always have like a claim ticket. And you had to match that with your bag and even get out of baggage claim. Like, they had it all roped off and stuff. Yeah. And you had to, like, show the ticket in your hand and make sure that uh, it was it corresponded to the bag you're taking out of there. Yeah. But they don't do that anymore. And I think that's, uh, I mean, it slows down the process, don't get me wrong, but you want to make sure that you got your bag and not some other schmuck's stuff. I The only time I've ever been, like, you know how they give you that claim ticket? Yeah. The only time I've ever been asked for that was at the Atlanta airport. Sometimes they do have somebody standing there going, can I see your baggage claim ticket thing? Which makes sense. Makes like, total. I don't understand why you wouldn't do this, but I guess, you know, it's probably- Smaller a- airports never do it. Bradley would never would never do ah, that. Bradley could care less. Bradley's like, whatever, you're on your own. Which is actually kind of nice, because you can just walk out of the airport without having to go through all that, uh, you know, rigmarole. You is know, that how you say it? How do you say it? Rigmarole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that will put something on their bag to identify it, like a big giant pom-pom or something, or stickers all over it. Yeah. I just don't want to be the guy walking around, you know, town with a suitcase with a big fluffy pom-pom on it. I'd feel kind of self-conscious about it. I do that all the time. 
I don't care because I want to I want to see my bag as soon as it comes out. So it's always something ridiculously obnoxious, like a big yellow kerchief or something Makes to identify sense. it because uh, all bags they're not kidding when they say that many bags look alike. Yeah. You know, a Samsonite is a Samsonite and many people buy the same ones, so there's lots of ones that look exactly the same. So that's why you got to you got to you got to do something. Market uh yeah. Let's see. Granby police in Connecticut are investigating after a passenger in a truck allegedly threatened to poison a group of children on Friday. Mm. Several people in a pickup truck approached a group of children at the Cumberland Farms around 2.50 p.m. while they were walking through the parking lot. One of the passengers in the truck told the children to get in the truck or he would poison them. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, no one was injured, and the police are searching for the style truck below. They, they have a picture of it. As part of their investigation, the vehicle was described as a Mid to late model Ford F-150. Hey, you know what? Uh, having had owned a Ford F-150, this guy ain't going to get very far at all. I'll tell you that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If they don't get into the vehicle, yeah. how is he going to poison them? I don't Well, I mean. See, what I'm saying is that the whole the whole train of logic is faulty from, uh, from yeah. the very jump. The uh, passenger who allegedly made this statement was described to be a light-skinned man in his late 20s or 30s, having either a dark beard or goatee and was wearing a black baseball cap on backwards. Oh, douchebag trying to keep the sun off the back of his neck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very fair-skinned man. I, uh, I, I would imagine this was probably said as a joke. Yeah, and not a very funny one at no, all. That leave the leave the funny stuff to the comedians. Yeah, um, but honestly, I mean, if you're trying to get kids in a car to Cumberland Farms, hey, I'll get you all freezies in there. There's you got the the those yeah. freezies, and uh, you got the you got the uh, chorizo uh, egg wrap. Yeah. and uh, the hash brown. But telling a kid, hey, come on into the car, or I'm gonna po- I'm gonna get out of this car and poison you. Please, kids are not gonna outrun you. Yeah, and they look at him and go, poison you? They've already poisoned us when they raised the coffee from 99 cents to $1.39. That's poison. Look, look at all the sugary snacks I just walked out of this, the thing with. I'm killing myself on my own. I don't need your poison. I'm not going near your car. It's n- and not, I'm going to rot my teeth out. Not really the best approach. This is an awful, awful plan. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be mostly sunny with a high of 62. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Pat Kelly, and I want to see a hockey game with you. Rock, rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 651 and Skinner. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 62. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. Next Monday, not uh, tonight, but next Monday, Coors Light and Rock 102 will give someone a chance to win $5,000. Join Pat Kelly and the road crew at Tap Sports Bar at MGM Springfield on Monday the 16th from 7 to 9 as Dallas takes on uh, Los Angeles. If there's a safety in the first quarter, someone wins five thousand dollars plus lots of other uh, great prizes from Coors Light and Rock 102 come watch the game at tap at MGM Springfield with Pat Kelling you could win five grand from Coors Light and Rock 102 Springfield's classic rock yeah um I don't even know what I was gonna talk about um <clears throat> well we uh, next hour we're gonna talk about uh, the big comedy weekend you had yeah, that a was a big comedy week because you're going to be doing stuff on Thursday. Yeah, I still got uh, I got still got stuff to go that uh, that show at uh, the Loft. We'll talk a little bit about that. I never heard of that one before though. 
The Loft Comedy Club. You're yeah. in that one. Well, they do something on a Thursday, but for the life of me, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, well, it's like an ice cream social. I'll tell you all about it next hour. <laughs> also, uh, Ken Burns will be joining us after 8 o'clock. Got a brand new uh, documentary out. It's coming out next Monday uh, called American Buffalo, two-part series. Sounds really, really interesting. Never heard of that guy before either. Ken Burns. You've mm-hmm. never heard of Ken Burns? Nope. Did, uh, did baseball and the Civil War. and uh, He played baseball and he was in the Civil War? How old is this guy? <laughs> Next thing you know, he'll be in Vietnam, and yeah. he's talking about water buffaloes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that uh, the Fred Flintstone documentary yeah, he just right. did? That's right. The mission of the water buffaloes. Uh, the grand poobah of the water buffaloes. Do you or have, maybe I'm mixing buffaloes. I think you are mixing buffaloes. You can't mix your buffaloes like no, that. No, you can't. Uh, do you have an emergency pizza in your freezer? <laughs> Uh, For when you're like really too busy or too lazy to cook a real meal, I don't have uh, any pizza in the freezer right well, now. Well, now you don't even have to preheat your own oven. Domino's, of course, the you know Olive Garden of pizza places, uh, is cutting in on the action by offering free emergency pizzas for the next four months. It's a marketing stunt to get more people to sign up for the rewards program. Mm-hmm. If you order online and spend at least eight dollars. They'll add a credit for one free, medium, two-topping emergency pizza to your account. You know, I, I listen, I, to me, an emergency is you call an ambulance to get yourself to a hospital. Yeah. Well, well that's the next step after eating the emergency <laughs> pizza. Yeah, because you... I think I'm having a heart attack. No, it's just all the agita from the acid in that crappy tomato sauce they use. I think I'm about to stroke out after eating this pizza. Uh, time, time is of the essence. You have to sign it within a week after you after you order to claim it, and you have 30 days to redeem it. If you forget, it resets, and you can do it again. But each person only gets one, and one is enough for everyone, just like an everlasting gobstopper. Yeah, I don't know about that. You can uh, do it anytime between now and February 11th. With a few exceptions, they have blackout dates on Halloween and New Year's Eve. Oh, really? Right, the two days I want pizza the, the most. The two days I would want an emergency pizza. <laughs> Listen, when I'm uh, when I'm 125 milligrams of an edible in, right, and there's no pizza in the house, that's an emergency situation. <laughs> this is where you. This is where a delivery driver comes in comes into yeah. play. Life hangs in the balance. Uh, but uh, I don't know, emergency pizza, Domino's. <sighs> Domino's is acceptable for a college kid who's really drunk. I think that's yeah, probably the only you, time that really that that makes you you say that. Yeah. But there are times and places around this country where the best pizza option they have is Domino's. Is Domino's. Yeah, like that, there's no like there's no there's no Red Rose that they could uh, that they could go to. There's, yeah. there's nothing like that. Yeah, there's no, there's no Frank Pepe's. There's, there's none of that. Yeah, you know, there was a place down where my mother used to live in uh, in Florida, and I'm thinking, oh, you know what? This is should be. This is like a hodgepodge of of people from all over the country. So, and they have a lot of like signature foods in those areas. Like, remember, I was telling you about that roast beef, the uh, Chicago roast beef sandwiches, yeah. and the, you know, there's different things because people have migrated there from all parts of the country to retire in sunny Florida. And you'd think there'd be a good pizza place. Not one of them. I know one of them. The one place we ordered from that was like, they called themselves Italian. Was I know. More like, uh, thanks for the ragu and the frozen bread. When when I was in high school, I had a bunch of friends who lived out in Middleborough. 
and uh, and then you know some like some friends of mine would like throw parties and they have like a bunch of pizza. They were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, wait do you try Johnny's Pizza yeah. out of Middleborough? It's the it's uh, it's the creme de la creme. It's yeah. so delicious." And you go there and going, "Oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is absolute garbage. garbage. Yeah, it's disgusting." Because people don't know. So if if the only option is like a Pizza Hut or a, a Domino's, well then that's the pizza you go with. I mean, I, I, it's it's hard for me to cr- to be critical because. Some people just simply don't have better options. Well, uh, and like and like you just said, it's it's not bad for what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like I understand. It's not, that. Uh, we know it's not gourmet food. We know it's not the best, right? But it's sufficient enough. Now, Papa John's, on the other hand, <laughs> you ever had one of those? Yes. That's like the worst. That's a la- that's know- a last resort. I even know how they've amassed that much money that's that's where you go when your local Domino's or pizza hut is burned down i mean uh yeah right before but remember that remember that the ceo of that place yeah he started some controversy i don't know whatever it was and then people weren't it's buying like racist pizza. or something yeah something whatever he was it canceled was, yeah whatever it was people weren't buying papa john's anymore and, and when i had a papa john's i'm like how come people weren't buying this all along like this is so gross <laughs> it's disgusting yeah <laughs> It's uh, 657 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Throughout the NFL's 103-year history, one thing has been totally consistent. Every football dynasty eventually comes crashing down into the crust of the earth, leaving devastation in its wake with ground-splitting craters amidst the virgin landscape of inconsolable sadness and belief. Think about it. These proud franchises, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Dallas, San Francisco, Denver, Buffalo, at some point they all hit the skids despite years of unparalleled success. Well, guess who's next? Folks, on Sunday, the Patriots were hit with the worst home shutout in team history, losing to the Saints in one of the most dreadful Patriots performances that I've ever seen. 34 to nothing. That means in the last two games, the 1-4 Patriots have been outscored 132-55 to this season. And in the last two games, they've been blown out 72-3. to Why is this? Well, according to my calculations, it's because the Patriots stink. The question is, why do they stink? Is it because Mac Jones sucks? Well, that's part of the problem, but it's not the entire problem. You got a stack of injuries. You've had three offensive coordinators in the last two and a half years. You're filling roster positions with guys that aren't that great either. And then you bench your starting quarterback two games in a row. That shows me that nobody really believes in that guy either. But there's also the question about Bill Belichick. Many people are starting to get antsy that perhaps he's not as sharp as he used to be, or that it was Tom Brady was more responsible for their six Super Bowl championships, or maybe we just misjudged his abilities. Either way, there are many people who are wondering whether this should be it for Bill Belichick. Now, personally, I've been willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but my doubt is starting to turn a bit. Maybe it's not time to replace him. Maybe it's time to hire an actual general manager who might have a better grasp on drafting players, making trades, signing free agents, and making better overall decisions because the reality is that's where Bill Belichick is at his least effective. Well, not counting the last two games or perhaps the three games before that because I hate to tell you, they're awful. But hey, you know, my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. It's time for bed. That's when you say to your lawn this time of year because 
Before you tuck it in, you might want to go to Rocky's Ace Hardware for Scott's Winter Guard, the fall weed and feed food that's on sale now all month at your neighborhood Rockies. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic. Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 710. And uh, whoever that hey, was. Kickstart. Party like it's your birthday. Party like it's your birthday. And we don't give a F that it's your birthday. Party in the... It's uh, Barry Krieger's birthday today, by the way. Really? Yeah. How old is uh, Barry going to be You today? know what? That's none of your business. That's his business only. Well, that'd be awesome. We should be. Uh, we should take him to the club. We should take him to the club. You know, well, uh, it's also uh, Billy the Trash Man's birthday too. Wow, they yeah. share a birthday. The what two a... celebrities of Western Massachusetts. What a golden uh, bond yeah, that is. Well, you know, Billy's probably like 150 years old anyway. Or well, has, he looks it. He's had enough experience to be 150 years old. Uh, so wow. happy, happy birthday to uh, to the friends of the Bax and Nagel show. Wow, Barry is a, a birthday boy today. That's yeah, good. How about I, that, I, huh? I, I feel bad I didn't buy him a gift yet. Uh, I got him a gift. What'd you get him? I took him. A, I took him to a comedy show on Friday night. Oh yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Sure. And I got him a cream soda for free at the MGM kiosk. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, you fr- know, that, that's a good friend. That's a good. You're a good friend to Barry. Who else is who else around the, in his life for taking him to comedy shows and buying him a cream soda pop? As long as you're on the gaming floor, the cream sodas are free. Still, he likes to show people how that machine works. Too. Well, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. It's like, oh, look at those buttons and hickeys and doodads and <laughs> you know, I kind of wish I had one of those machines in my house. Those Would be kind of cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Friday night uh, we we had interviewed Steve uh, Heitner, uh, Kenny Banya from Seinfeld. Yeah. On, uh, on Friday, and then uh, I wound up getting tickets to the show for Friday night, so uh, I had asked Barry, and Barry Barry came along to the show, and uh, we met in the casino, and we walked over to Roar. I had never been in the Armory before. You hadn't? I had never been in that building. It's Even, a cool room. Yeah, because any of the time that I've been down there for like uh, an event, I've never seen a comedy show there. Oh, but yeah. The, uh, but any other time I've been down there for an event, like the Christmas tree lighting and all that stuff... That was outside of that building, and sure. same with the Free Music Fridays and all that other stuff. But it's kind of a cool room in there. The for the comedians though, the acoustics are not good in that room. If you're an audience member, they're fine. They're it's fine, p- perfect. But being in the back because of the high ceilings in there, everything kind of echoes, and you're just getting this like when you're standing backstage. You have to like put your ear up to the curtain because you can't really hear what's going on. They should kind of baffle above the stage. Yeah, so you know, that the, the, the sound bounces back down towards the comic. Listen, uh, once I start playing there on a regular basis, uh, then I can put my two cents into how they run their comedy club. But so far, so good. It's it's working out pretty well. <laughs> well, the way you're working mm-hmm. lately, I know uh, you, you're working your way up to the bigger rooms. I uh, I'm I'm getting back into it, and yeah. I'm writing more material, and uh, it's fun. And 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 fr- um, Friday night, Barry and I went and watched the Steve Heitner show. This was weird. He he didn't get in until seven o'clock to what? Bradley Airport. He's came from Utah, and the plane got delayed, and all this other stuff. An eight o'clock show. I know. So then he uh, he starts out the show telling the story about how he basically 
just agreed to somebody else on the airplane uh, when they said, I'll give you a ride. And he goes, okay, per- like a perfect stranger. <laughs> and this woman sitting next to him goes, are you sure you want to do that? And she's like shaking her head, no. And he's like, yeah, uh, what did I just agree to? <laughs> so, uh, so so, we talked to him after the show. We got a, we got a chance to meet him after the show. And uh, he sells merchandise. He sells, and I bought I bought a T-shirt and a and a bumper sticker because I'm a fanboy. Sure, uh, but it was the shirt that said uh, said no uh, soup is not a meal. Perfect, right? And then he had bumper stickers that says gold, Jerry, gold. Right, <laughs> that's going on the back of my truck. And uh, he was just a nice guy, very down to earth, very yeah. humble guy. Seemed like it, and uh, really uh, wanted to, was interested in knowing about you. Like he didn't. It wasn't just like a dismissive. Like I meet a bunch of people every day. I really don't. He's like asking questions. He was asking questions and oh, all nice. that stuff. And then I told him that I it came up that I did stand up as well. And he said, "Well, what are you doing tomorrow night? You want to come back for five minutes?" And I go, y- "Yes, yes, I do." And uh, so I did. I came back Saturday night. And um, you do that all the time, but yeah. Well, the jar is round. Yeah, and the glass, glass is, is round. Why don't they call it round team? Gold, Steve. Gold, gold. gold. Uh, <laughs> so we do the show, and uh, there was a couple other comedians from out near Boston. One, one, one guy was from Boston, one guy was from New York, and uh, they were very funny as well. Right. Uh, host of the show, I think, was from New York City. And uh, anyway, he, uh, him and I were talking backstage, and he was just telling all these stories about like the comic strip in New York City and yeah. how he got his start and all the people that – that they were all pretty much like a band of... They all knew each other. That's why they were all on that show. Sure. You know, uh, um, all those comedians. I think... Um, who is the guy? Clicky the Umbrella Salesman. We had him on the show, too. Oh, it, yeah. But, it, but any, all the, a lot of those actors in Seinfeld were people that were Rob on Cox. the comedy circuit, yeah. which, was, which was pretty cool. I think Dom Herrera... Uh, Tom Herrera yeah. certainly was. Yeah, there were a bunch. So it was just. It was I just, think Andy Kindler did a couple of. Yeah, yeah. So it was just pretty cool to 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 hear you know those stories. Like he was just like one of the one of the crew. Like you know, and uh, very down to earth guy. Very very, cool. uh, very thankful. Very humble and all that stuff. So then uh, I did I did that show. I did five minutes there. And, and how'd it go? Uh, I think it went pretty well. Good. Yeah, yeah. I did a nice little tribute to Cy Becker. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and then I went into a bit about where I crap on both twenty-two and forty. Nothing to do with Cy Becker. It was just because I, you know, I was I just acknowledged that you know we lost a we lost an icon here over the weekend. Listen, it was a smooth transition. You had to go for that material. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a perfect transition. Sure. So then I, I went into that. It it, uh, it went very well, and um, so then Sunday night, Marty and I have the show down at Ciro's in downtown Springfield, which was like another awesome show. It was a forty five dollar dinner and a show deal. Yeah, and you got like the food down there is like real good, melting your mouth. It was like a chicken milanese. Oh yeah, and then That's they good give you stuff. a crab cake with a nice little. It was like a peppered salad. Oh yeah. And uh, and then they had uh, they had something else there too, but I I I, I, I wasn't I didn't get like I wasn't like the patron who got the courses served to them. We're the comedians at the, and they were very nice to us, but sure. it was just like it's not the same setting that right. you're getting. You're the you, the experience you're getting is not the same that you're we're not getting. there to eat. You're there to entertain. No, it's like yeah, yeah. here sit at the bar and uh, eat your food and uh, be quiet about it. We give you a free meal. Uh, that's enough. That's okay, enough for anybody. And uh, the show went off uh, without a hitch. Everybody had a great time. Mostly, 
I think everybody actually in there was a big fan of of this show. Wow, and had heard you know both Marty and myself, and uh, were big fans of both of us, and uh, it worked out well. Very cool. Yeah, it was a, it was a good night. And as if that were enough, you got Thursday. <sighs> Thursday night, I'm headlining, and headlining of thirty minutes, not headlining of an hour. Yeah, but still. But uh, thirty minutes, I'll be doing at that. Uh, get this. There's this place in Chicopee. Yeah. It's called the Loft Comedy Club. Really? And I don't know if you've heard about this, but you can get like a show full yeah. of like a, a bunch of comedians and dinner for the very low pl- price of $20. What is this sorcery you're talking about, Steve? Yeah, apparently. I've never heard of such a thing. I know, and apparently it's been going on for quite some time. Get out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Loft Comedy Club in Chicopee. Listen, it's going to be pretty busy in there. So make sure you get there at 7 o'clock. Otherwise, yeah. you might not have a seat because there's only limited seating to that room up there. Yeah. So make sure you get there early. Well, I got to tell you, Steve, you're a, you're a busy bee with the comedy all of a sudden. I know. I don't think I've seen you with this kind of explosive uh, you know, schedule in comedy in a long time. Well, Ever, I, maybe. I, th- I think a lot of it is, um, you know, my, 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 t- my time has been taken up uh, for the last five or six years. Doing what? Oh, I don't know. Uh, taking care of kids, grieving, all that other good stuff, and uh, and it's hard to get out. It really is hard to to get out uh, when you have kids, right? But now they're a little bit older, and you know they they have older. You know, it's they're, plus they're managing they're, you. No, there's we don't call them babysitters anymore. They're just friends coming to hang right. out. You know, I was gonna say now they're they're managing your career too. Yeah, actually, like your kids I, are taking like a good fifteen percent off the top. Yeah, I I just got booked at a daycare center next Friday. <laughs> that'll be a yeah. tough room. Oh yeah, that'll be a tough. Well, nobody's listening. Everybody's just. <laughs> is anybody paying attention to what I'm saying? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's taken off again. That's it's, good. Uh, I'm I'm getting out there, getting a little bit more experience. I'm writing new material. I got uh, got a bunch of stuff. And you and Marty did a little thing uh, together too. Well, that was actually pretty funny and I hope we get the chance to, if he I don't know if he's going to be there on Thursday, but I hope we get a chance to do that again. Well, we you'll certainly get a chance to do it uh during yeah. the uh, the comedy night. Yeah. Well, yeah, and this was the other thing. I got an opportunity to whore that show out uh at the every show I was at this weekend. That's right. So uh I said, yeah, so listen. Thursday, November 2nd, for those of you who haven't heard this yet, it's uh, Rock 102's Mayflower Marathon Comedy Night at the Armory yeah. at uh, at MGM. Uh, it's brought to you by Dave Minor Exterior Home Improvements and Aqua Pumps. You'll be there. Uh, yeah, uh, Marty will be the headliner. I'll be there. We also got uh, two other comics, Brian Plum and Katie Arroyo. And all the ticket profits will be donated to the Mayflower Marathon, which is, uh, which is awesome. So uh, tickets are on sale now at rock102.com. But like I said, it's a seating is limited, so you got to buy your tickets now before they go because they will. They are going to be gone fast. But uh, successful comedy weekend, uh, hopefully a successful <laughs> week. I don't, you know, you don't want to pump something up too much and then have it go. You know, well that's but that's all the air goes out of the room. That's the risk of doing comedy. Well, but that's the that's the beauty of it. Too. Yeah, it's I, like, well, hey. that, but you learn from those experiences. Yes, you learn whether or not you're ever going to be booked somewhere else ever again. <laughs> uh, but listen, if you if you haven't had a chance to come out and see either myself or Marty at any show, you get to hear all the things that we can't talk about. 
all the uh, uncouth things. And, but, it, and, and there's a lot of it. Yeah, and him and I, uh, like you said, we did that little bit at the end, which was kind of a nice wrap-up to the show, and mm-hmm. it went off uh, pretty funny. So we'll definitely do that again. It's 722 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 729 in Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown will uh, gladly give you the forecast coming up in just a few seconds. We got uh, Ken Burns coming up uh, next hour, too. He's got a brand-new two-part documentary series called American Buffalo. It's a really interesting story, and it uh, premieres next Monday on PBS. So we'll get to that just after 8 o'clock. Hey, Bon, we're going down to the Water Buffalo Lodge. (laughs) Hey, Fred! Is that who who voices the documentary? Uh, I don't know if uh, Fred Flintstone is actually doing it. And then the Water Buffalo came along. Yes, and he wrote and, he, and he wrote it. He wrote it. He wrote a water buffalo all the way up to Holyoke and said, "Wilmer, <laughs> hey Fred, lighten up with the beers." Hey Fred, what's that guy doing online with those little kids? <laughs> we got news next. The Rock One Hundred Two. Here's your Western Mass news first alert forecast. A chilly start. Seven thirty-three with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Gary Rom Hyundai. Technicians get the five thousand dollars sign-on bonus right now. Learn more. Learn more. At slash family Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. Smith & Wesson has officially moved their headquarters to Tennessee this weekend after a grand opening with celebrity guest Cy Robinson from Duck Dynasty. Yay! Uh, the gun manufacturing company held a grand opening on Saturday at their 650,000-square-foot headquarters in Maryville, Tennessee. In attendance was uh, Blount County Mayor Ed Mitchell, U.S. Representative Tim Burchett, and Duck Dynasty star C- Cy Robinson. Yeah! Oh, well, it's uh, lovely to see them so far away from here. Uh, it's the uh, Hatfields and the McCoys going on down there at, mm-hmm. the, uh, at uh, Smith & Wesson. Uh, what, so I don't know what's happening. Uh, oh, I guess they do talk about it a little bit. The company announced in September of 21 that it would relocate its headquarters from Springfield to East Tennessee, along with distribution assembly and roughly 550 positions currently located in Springfield. A groundbreaking ceremony at the 240-acre campus was held in Partnership uh, Park North in Maryville back in uh, November of 2021. Their move to East Tennessee created hundreds of new jobs there. Although Springfield will be losing its headquarters in more than 500 positions, the company has previously said it plans to keep its Springfield location operational with some reconfigurations. This includes operations in forging, uh, machining. That's machining. (sighs) Would you go to Marquette or something for seven years? I didn't need to go to Marquette to learn how to pronounce machining. Whatever. Metal finishing and assembling uh, revolvers. Smith & Wesson will still have more than 1,000 employees here in Massachusetts. Ah, so we're only living 500. Those people uh, jobs. 500 is still a lot of people. Yeah. yeah and, 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 you know, this is this is not the first time that like a big giant wad of people at Smith & Wesson have been uh, cast out. Are you sure about that? I've known plenty of people who have lost their jobs at Smith & Wesson. Um, name five. Name 500. I'd rather not say that because, uh, one, we were all out of time. And then, two, uh, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody by it. You don't want to embarrass anybody by no, it? No, I really don't. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Ooh, uh, why would you embarrass somebody? 
Well, I, I don't want to just you know out somebody who lost their job. I mean, no, that's, but uh, you, you can say, hey, it's a thanks, personal matter. Thanks a lot, Smith and Wesson. Now my friend can't afford Christmas gifts for his family because you laid him off. Go ahead, go ahead. Start out. <sighs> thanks a lot, Smith and Wesson. Thanks to you, my friend. What's his name? Can't buy Christmas gifts for his children. What's his name? I'd rather not say. Uh, as Halloween approaches, it's important to keep in mind how many sex offenders are in your area before heading out to trick-or-treat. They're the people that you, you meet when you're walking down, down the street. street. They're the sexual offenders in your neighborhood. Uh, Vincenzo Caraccioli. Car- 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 how do you spell it? C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-O. Caracciolo? That sounds about right. Caracciolo. Vincenzo Caracciolo. You just need to know him as uh, level three. No, no, no. He's, no, he's not, not a level sex three? offender. Oh, he's, he's not. not a sex offender. Oh, okay. No, I take no, that no, back. No, no. My apologies, Mr. Caracciolo. Uh, Vincenzo Caracciolo of Springfield says parents should always keep an eye on oh. their children while also giving them space to have fun with their friends. So he's just an expert in this. He's just, uh, just uh, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I I thought we were naming names. Uh, I don't know what this what this man uh, sounds like, but I'm just going to guess uh, from his quote. You ready? Yeah. Give them space. You know what I'm saying? Give them the distance to have fun with the friends, but keep them in sight. Other thing is, you know, well-lit areas, well-lit streets. You know, there's a lot of foot traffic out there, a lot of creeps walking up and down the block. You know, considering the last 45 seconds of this show, I'm going to guess this guy's going to hate us from now on. Oh, he probably is. Uh, Mila Dur- Dur- Durand, Mila Dur- I don't even know. Durand? Durand? D-U-R-A-N-D? Durand. Durand? Durand. Yeah, but no, but Like Durand, Durand. No, but, oh, Durand, Durand. Right. She's hungry like the wolf. Uh, f- she's from Springfield. To- uh, said it's important uh, for children to have a parent with them on Halloween. It's dark out! You gotta stay with an adult in case you get lost! Well, that's just good advice. I know, but I don't know if that's what she sounds like or not. Should we really be assuming this is what they sound like? Well, I guess I could watch the video that 22 News provided and that see what they That would probably be better. No, nah, doesn't it sound better when you're like, yeah, oh, I'll let those kids go over there with that creepy bastard. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. This does sound a whole lot better with the master of a thousand yeah. voices. Hey, yo, what's up? <laughs> Come on over to Oz. We got those dry Italian cookies that nobody wants to eat in the holidays. You know, the they're ones that, last every, Christmas. You know, that everybody politely says, oh, they're so good. I'm not an Italian cookie fan. I like cannolis. I yeah. like I, I like any number of other Italian dishes, but there's something about those cookies that, and they they're all made the same way. See, I I, I kind of like the cookies. I kind of like that marzipani uh, taste to a lot of them. Oh, you like the marzipan? Eh? I do. There you I go. I like the marzipan. Yeah. Also, like a good shoyadel too. I'll take that. Oh, I like a good shoyadel. Shoyadels. Is that, Ooh, those are good. Is that when uh, Adele has an accident? The yes. soiled Dells. <laughs> she soiled herself. The, the, the Dell girl. That's right. Yeah, she's on that old Zempic. She craps herself all the time. <laughs> uh, safety officials uh, also recommended that little ones go trick-or-treating early if older children are going to, uh, out without an adult. Parents should know what neighborhoods they will be in and make sure their child knows not to accept rides from strangers or go inside a stranger's home. Is this the first time children have been out trick-or-treating in this area? It's uh, it's good advice. According to uh, Mass.gov, there are three levels of sex offenders in Massachusetts and are classified based on their risk of reoffending and the degree of danger they pose to the public. 
Is this the first time somebody from 22 News is explaining what a sex offender is to somebody? I, I would think they wouldn't have to explain what a sex offender is. All right, here's the criteria. Are you ready? Yes. A sex offender is anyone who lives, works, or attends schools uh, attends school in Massachusetts who has been convicted of a sex offense, been adjudicated as a youthful offender or as a delinquent juvenile for a sex offense, been released from incarceration, parole, supervision, or custody with the Department of Youth Services for a sex offense conviction or adjudication, been adjudicated as a sexually dangerous person or a prison release from civil commitment anytime from August 1st of 1981. What happens before August 1st of 1981? You don't want to know. Are you grandfathered into the old uh, uh, the old sex offender laws? I don't know. I don't I, I don't uh, you know, thanks to uh, had this had you not mentioned this, I probably would never have known what a sex offender is. I guess I would have made assumptions that could have been wrong. I've already made assumptions today. Well, well let me go through the levels for you. Are you ready? You know about your levels, right? One, two, three. three. That's your worst. That's the worst. But level one, level one sex offenders have a low risk of reoffending and pose a low degree of danger to the public. These are your people who got caught urinating in public. That's not a sex act. That's a that's no, a that's I, a, an, a physical emergency. It's a that, biological function. That was a, that was a bad night uh, at the local bar. Yes, you came home right, and you, and you thought you thought you were in your bathroom, but you were really in your neighbor's kitchen, and you. Now, if yeah. if I'm relieving myself and say like the appliance aisle of a, of a department store, mm. that's different. Oh, I told you, uh, my dad uh, did it to the dishwasher. Right, but it was but it was in the house. It, I'm not talking like you. You went to an appliance yeah. store and you know open up the door and then uh, you know let her rip. You know, he also locked himself out of a hotel room going to the bathroom at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> did I ever tell you that one? Did the room not have its own bathroom? No, he uh, he went out. He used to go on these uh, business trips for the railroad. You know, like because he'd travel all over the place. He was sure. Like a, it was like a manager, and then he'd stay at at a hotel if he was away from home. And uh, I guess one night uh, he got really, really ripped at the hotel bar. And then uh, went upstairs, passed out, Yeah, got up to go to the bathroom at like 3 o'clock in the morning, but then quickly realized he was out in the hallway and the missed the bathroom and was in, it was one of those hotels that has like <laughs> the levels inside. Yes. So you can like call, you can see up to the like the fourth or fifth level in the hotel from right. the lobby of the hotel. And uh, he realized that he he had locked himself out of the room because he doesn't have a keys in his boxer shorts, standing there, uh-huh. no shirt on, yeah, with that big booze belly sticking out for everybody to see, like a little Buddha doll, and a puddle on the seventh floor. Well, no, he hadn't gone to the bathroom yet, but then he realized, uh, hey, I I can't be walking around here like this, and he whispering down, he's yelling like quietly whispering, <laughs> yelling to the clerk, hey. Hey, I got locked out of the room. I really got to go. Yeah, and then the uh, the young young man had to come up there and let him into his room uh, for the rest of the night. That's a fine story. Ah, you know what? It happens to the best of us drunks. You know, every single time you tell a story, it's like like one more piece of the puzzle gets placed. It, it does kind of put yeah. everything into perspective for It's like you, a, like a 5,000-piece yeah. puzzle, and we're still up to, like, you know, piece number 600. Hey, listen, we're running out of time. I don't have time to tell you about level two and level three. <laughs> That's too bad. We all went, we went out. Uh, I'll tell you more. 
Oh, off, good. Off the air. That's fine. Yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, sunny with a high of 62. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. The future of joint pain rock at 751 and Queen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a nice day today. Uh, cool, sunny, and a high of 62. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 67. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, let me see here. Hey, uh, this week on Baxi's Musical Podcast, a uh, real cool interview with Barry Andrews. Barry Andrews is the uh, the leader of a band called Shriekback, which has got like 17 records out. Real, real cool band. He used to play with XTC years ago and also with Robert Fripp and the League of Gentlemen. Fascinating interview. This week, I'm also going to add a bonus episode uh, with a woman who has sold more than 14 million albums worldwide. It's And it's not someone I would typically uh, interview, but the story about it is so damn cool that I wanted to do it, uh, and that'll come out on Thursday. But I'll tell you more about that as the week goes on. But you'll find all those podcasts on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on rock102.com. It's all brought to you by Z&M Home Buyers. Check them out at znmhomes.com and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. So I uh, I tried to I went out with the kids for a little bit over the weekend just do some like uh, get some pumpkins stuff like that sure you know and uh, we tried to go to a, like four different places for breakfast and every, it was a busy Columbus Day weekend oh my I've God. never seen uh, these breakfast places that busy before and I really want to go back to this place called Sunny Side Up. Where's that? It's in West Springfield. It's right near uh, the milk plant there. It's a little tiny, uh, I, I think La Cocina or something was there. It was some kind of Italian restaurant previously, right next to a like a like a convenience store. Uh, right next yeah, to, right near the movie theaters, right? It's like a little plaza. Really? I think it was called Bo. Bodega Cucina or something like that was. I honestly don't honestly don't remember it. Well, anyway, it's a it's a Polish breakfast restaurant now. And the last time I was there, it was last year. I went there for the first time. Yeah, they got uh, they got Bigos. You ever have Bigos? Isn't that a song by uh, Peter Gabriel? No, I think you're thinking of what is that one? Bico. No, Bico. I think you're uh, you're thinking of uh, that that group that wore the planters on upside down on top of their heads. No, 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 no. That's Devo. That's yeah. Devo. Devo. Stevo. They are not men. They are Devo. They are Devo. Um, no. So they have Bigos, which is like a it's like a, a Polish stew. It's got sauerkraut, Kraut, kielbasa, bacon, yeah, pork, yeah. mushroom stew, thickened with tomato sauce, and served with Polish rye. And so far. I, I, I mean, so far of the handful of places that I've tried it from, mm-hmm. that's the best one. Really? Yeah. And they give you the rye bread with it, and it's just like, man, so good. This Salty. is not a ba- this is not a bad uh, this is not a bad menu over here. I got to N- tell you. No, they got the, they got kielbasa, they got pierogies, mm-hmm. they uh, they even speak Polish to you if you want to. I don't want to because I don't understand what it's saying, but it's it's nice. You know, it's like one of those romantic languages when you sit there. Oh, and, it's totally a romantic. You know, they're all like skiing with each other and, yeah, and doing right. all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I want to go back there. I need to get some more of that Beagles. We should get that for breakfast during the marathon. Not a bad idea. Not no. a bad not a, whole, a bad idea. A big bowl of Beagles. <laughs> 
See, I don't know if it's I don't know if a be- if a bowl of beagles is what I'm looking for in the morning though. Yeah, but but well, this was more about ten thirty, eleven o'clock, so it was more kind of a brunchy yeah. type of thing. But well, Morgan uh, Road's not that far from MGM. Morgan really. Road, that's the yeah. name of the thing. Not that far. No, oh, no, I'm we, looking at their menu now. Looks yeah, pretty we, good. We could send somebody over there in the morning and uh, and get some of that. Yes. Um, but it's that time of year where where the comfort foods are coming back. Oh, I the know. The weather's getting cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make a like a soup tonight. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, what like kind a, of soup? Like a chicken noodle. Oh, soup's not a meal. Yeah, my kids were like, they're like, yeah, can you make that chicken noodle without the carrots in it? I'm without like, the carrots? What? I don't like carrots. Well, no, it's going in there. Just pick the carrots out if you just, don't just want them. slurp around it. Yeah, I'm not going to ruin a chicken noodle soup. The carrots uh, give it a little bit of flavor. Yeah, well, you only taste the carrot if you actually bite into the carrot. Well, doesn't it give off? A, doesn't it have, yeah. add something to? It the, gives a, like a little bit of a sweetness to it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what your kids are talking I about. I don't know uh, these vegetable hating children. <laughs> but yet they will eat fried Brussels sprouts. Can you imagine that? And it's, they won't eat carrots, but they'll eat a no, fried Brussels sprout. I, I, I buy those big bags from Costco. Yeah. Or BJ's. You know the big bags of uh, of uh, Brussels, Brussels sprouts, sprouts, and yeah. I cut them in half, and I olive oil them, salt and pepper them, throw them in the oven at like four twenty five for about fifteen twenty minutes, and they come out perfect. Sure. Uh, and the the kids love those, but they won't eat. Which is weird because I hated Brussels sprouts when I was their age. Like, yeah, but nobody was roasting them back then. No, my dad would throw them in a pot, boil them, and then drain the water, and then throw a couple of pieces of Velveeta on it, and voila! Yeah, that see, that's was the disgusting uh, little cabbages. Yeah, back in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, no one knew how to actually make them so they were delicious until suddenly someone decided to either deep fry them or roast them, and like, yeah. ooh, that's a totally different thing. I knew a guy named Brussels. Really? Brussels the love muscle, I believe that's what they, <laughs> they called him. He was a stout German man. Oh, ah, yeah. yeah. Sure he was. I'm Brussels. Brussels the love muscle. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know. It's 757 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Would you mind saying that again? Two from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aarons, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, on November 12, 1972, at the age of six, I allegedly watched the Miami Dolphins host the New England Patriots in what would become the worst loss in team history. 52 to nothing. Now, I was too young to remember any of the carnage that day. I was young and probably preoccupied with other things. There's also a chance that I may have suppressed those traumatic memories and have stored them in a deep inside uh, part of my seldom-used brain, which, as you point out, there's plenty of space in there. Nevertheless, that was the year the Dolphins went undefeated with a 14-0 record, whereas the Patriots finished their season, the second-worst record in the conference, finishing up that dreadful year with a record of three wins and 11 excruciating losses. Those were the Patriots of my youth, a ragtag mishmash of underwhelming talent and horrifying coaching. In fact, you old people might recall that in 1972 was the year that the Patriots fired Phil Bankston as head coach just five games into the season before hiring John Mazur, who managed to squeeze in two more wins that year. Why am I bringing this up? Because once upon a time, the Patriots are as bad as the Patriots you see today. In fact, they're even, they were even worse. And as horrible as they've been this year, let's not forget the 1-15 season in 1990 under Rod Rust, or the year they went 2-14 under Dick McPherson in 1992. Those were awful football teams. Why, they're almost as bad as the 2-14 team in 1982 under Ron Earhart or the 2-11 team under Clive Rush in 1970. 
every single one of those teams was a putrid excuse for professional football as any other team in the league. Again, why am I bringing this up? Because at some point, as miserable as the Patriots football used to be, they did eventually get better at some point. Granted, it took 30 years to get there, and it might take another 30 years to get there again. And while things look dreadful on Sunday with that 34 to nothing blowout by the Saints, there's still a chance that in your lifetime, they might return to being a decent football team someday. Not anytime soon, of course, but someday it may happen. So until they figure it out, remember, that it can always be worse and often has. You just have to have a ridiculous amount of patience. And I sure hope you're good at it, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Ego leaf blowers, lawnmowers, chainsaws, they all use the same battery. One battery, many outdoor power tools. There's an Ego specialist at every Rocky's location, like Jason at the Liberty Street Rockies in Springfield. Get a battery-powered leaf blower, lawnmower, or chainsaw at Rockies. I'm back. That's my view from a couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 812 in Kansas with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be nice and sunny today with a high of 63. Tomorrow, 68 for a high. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. I don't want to keep Mr. Ken Burns waiting on the no, phone, don't. so uh, uh, I will give you the keyword to cash. Today's $1,000 keyword is the word hope. As in, I hope I win $1,000. H-O-P-E. For those of you who do not know how to spell hope because you've never had it on your own. Uh, go to the keyword to cash contest page for rock102.com. Enter the word hope for your chance to win 1000 bucks. You'll have until midnight tonight to enter today's $1,000 keyword hope. H-O-P-E. Good luck from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. And I hope that this interview goes well. I'm sure it will. Ken Burns is uh, has got a brand new documentary coming out next week called The American Buffalo. It's a two-part series, and it premieres on CBS on the 16th, and he's on the phones right now. It's Ken Burns. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Hey, Mike. Hey, Ken. How are you? I'm here with my uh, my co-host, uh, Steve Nagel. Uh, you, I, hey, Hi, Ken. The, uh, from what I can understand, uh, Ken, you may be the best thing that's ever come out of Hampshire College. Well, I, 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 I am a um, total devotee to Hampshire College. In fact, I had dinner with the president and uh, a, a senior executive there uh, last night, and I can tell you that uh, you wouldn't be talking to me if I didn't go to Hampshire College. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we, we don't talk to anybody who goes to any of the other colleges, like, you know, Smith or, you know, well, Williams. That, that, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just it's so innovative, and it really – I don't recognize the person who entered in the, in the uh, late summer of, of 71 and the person who graduated in 75. It just rearranged all my molecules, and it allowed me to be what I've done. Yeah. So it's, it's been a, it was, it's a great thing, and I still, I've stayed connected to the college, you know, even though I've been basically gone for 50 years. You see, I heard the story that uh, Eric Carle uh, started writing this story going, Ken Burns, Ken Burns, what do you see? And then you became a, a documentarian and a filmmaker, and uh, you said, you know what, I'll tell you what I saw, the Civil War, the Vietnam War, and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the last time we talked to you, Ken, was like around 2017 when you'd released uh, the Vietnam War uh, documentary, yeah. which I thought was, you know, as a kid, you know, who grew up, you know, in the in the 70s, I just thought it was an amazing 
documentary. But then, you know, as I'm as I'm looking at what you're about to release now in the American Buffalo, the story of what you're trying to tell, I think, is one of those stories that never gets told and really should. And 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 never gets told. It never gets told in schools. And and honestly, it's one of the things that I think we should be one of the stories that that we should be most ashamed of. Tell us about what uh, what, about this documentary. let me put it in stark context. We have a two-part, two, uh, four-hour documentary that will be out October 16th and 17th on PBS. <clears throat> but this is the story of the largest slaughter of wildlife in the history of the world. It's on us. There were maybe 30 million, 35 million buffalo when Lewis and Clark explored the Great Plains. It probably been upwards of 70 million before Columbus uh, uh, discovered in quotes, the new world. Um, and there was just market pressures. The hides were proved uh, useful for running the belts of the new industrial revolution after Civil War, and they slaughtered them literally by the tens of millions, not taking, as Native Americans had for the previous 10, 12,000 years, everything, using everything for tools, for teepees, for clothing, for whatever, in, in addition to sustenance. But they just skinned these things. Uh, kill them by the millions, and then skin them and leave the head and the horns and the hooves to rot on the Great Plains. And and it was all market thing, but as one Native American scholar points out, it was kind of a twofer, because people began to realize, though it wasn't written government policy, if, the, if as Theodore Roosevelt said, if the buffalo goes extinct, it'll be sad, but it'll help us with our Indian question and the advance of white civilization. Well, the, to me, that's so, that's that's the you kill the buffalo, you kill the Indian. Yeah, and and that's really the the the, the larger story. I mean, yes, you you killed you know all these you know, you know beautiful animals, but what you did in in doing that is you devastated Native American tribes, and, and I think even devastation is probably too short of a word for what the result was of this slaughter. At, at his best, you starved them into a kind of submission that meant they went willingly onto reservations, having taken away their homeland. But there is another side to the story, which is people woke up and began working with Native Americans to save the buffalo, and we did. It's no longer an animal in danger of going extinct. The federal government has more than 20,000 in national parks and various wildlife refuges. Native people have even more. Eighty tribes uh, have already have, you know, significant herds. Uh, There's lots of NGOs that are trying to create um, habitat ecosystems big enough so that the buffalo can roam and the deer and the antelope can play. And so we've got a second chance to repair what we did. And... um, that's a good story to tell because it's part of the complicated story of us. You know, it's it just kind of, it, it's seemingly not funny, but funny sounding in a way like, okay, we we annihilated most of your population, but hey, we're going to try to say, help you save yourselves again. I, it just seems kind of so yeah. odd to me. Uh, well, you know, it's, I'll tell you, in 1913, we came out with the Indian head nickel. We know who the the sculptor said he wanted to make a coin that would not be mistaken for any other country's coin. So what are the two symbols that he puts on that means the United States? He puts a Native American, we know who was modeled on, and we know the buffalo that modeled the tail uh, of of the coin. 
a guy called uh, Black Diamond, who was in the Central Park Zoo menagerie, and was, after he modeled, sold to the meatpacking district and cut up for steaks. And so here we are in 1913 beginning to romanticize and to fetishize even this animal and these people that we've spent the last century trying to destroy. And so there's a Native American who comes on and says in our film and says, I just have to ask you, why is it necessary to destroy the things you love? And, you know, that's at the heart of the whole question. You know, Native people worked as part of nature. They saw the buffalo as kinship of sacred, not just subsistence, but because they killed them to survive, they worshiped them for giving them that substance and worked them into their creation stories and and, uh, their rituals and, and religious practices. And then another group of human beings, two-legged people, um, came in feeling that they were the masters of everything else, the dominant species, correctly, the dominant species on the planet. But the destructive nature has come back to bite us. And so now I think we've had a prick of conscience, and not just with the buffalo, but with other things regarding the environment and now having to address the very serious questions of climate change, you know, there is a lesson uh, in the story of the bison. This is a parable of de-extinction. And we're about to see lots of mammals go extinct in the next few years around the globe. And maybe the story of what we finally woke up to and did with the buffalo can be a wonderful uh, uh, example for not only ourselves, but everyone else. This is uh, Ken Burns on the phone. I know, I know that uh, you know, this is coming out uh, you know, very, very soon, but you know, you've also got some other things that are in the works that sound uh, uh, incredibly fascinating, too. You have one uh, apparently coming out next year about Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, that sounds yeah, like it's got to be amazing. Yeah, first non-American topic, and I, where I'm really excited about this film. We're a little bit more than halfway through editing, and it's, it's really coming along, and we're also doing a big thing two years from now uh, to commemorate the 250th anniversary of the beginning of the war, uh, a big series on the history of the American Revolution to complement the Civil War, the World War II film called The War, and the Vietnam one that you referenced earlier. So we're just trying to go and, and focus in on the real stories behind it, because I think lots of people tend to gloss over, and with the revolution, they kind of make it, um, they romanticize it, and they don't appreciate the the revolution in short is a civil war and our civil war is a sectional war it's north against south south against north but you know there are loyalists within every family often and certainly within communities and and um, that makes for a different kind of war that we don't really appreciate and i felt as i've done in the other wars it was important to know what happened actually at Reed's Hill, not Bunker's Hill, what happened at Ticonderoga, what happened at, at Trenton, what happened at Cowpens or Guilford Courthouse or Camden in South Carolina. These all get lost to just the, but they're pretty interesting and the characters are amazing. And, uh, you know, it started the greatest country on earth. So. Uh, this is Ken Burns. The American Buffalo premieres uh, October 16th and 17th on PBS. Ken, it's always a great uh, pleasure to talk to you. Best of luck with all the uh, the projects you're talking about here today. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Thank Thanks, you. Ken. Ken Burns with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. GG. with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown will gladly give you the forecast here in a few seconds. Uh, Thursday, November 2nd, it's Rock 102's Mayflower Marathon Comedy Night. Believe it or not, the Mayflower Marathon is only 41 days away from today. Damn. That's it. 
That's it. We're having a big comedy night at the Armory at MGM Springfield. It's brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements and Aqua Pump. It's an evening of laughs with uh, Marty Caproni headlining with special guests Brian Plum and Katie Arroyo, plus us, who will be uh, serving as the host for the night. All ticket profits will be donated to the Mayflower Marathon, and tickets are on sale now at rock102.com. So seating is limited, so uh, get yours uh, before they sell out. It's the Mayflower Marathon Comedy Night, brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior, excuse me, Home Improvements, Aqua Pump, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. And by the way, when I say the Mayflower Marathon is 41 days away, that seems like it's a long time. Uh-huh. It's not a long it's not. time. It's next month. And more yeah. importantly, uh, keep in mind that one out of five families in our area have some level of uh, food insecurity. So if you're going to uh, participate in the Mayflower Marathon, and we hope you do at MGM this year, now's the time to start uh, mobilizing and get your, uh, you know, get your plans in order to start uh, your collection. You know, two out of two radio hosts have insecurities. <laughs> Lots of them. That's but, why they went into radio to begin with. But food is not one of our issues, but it is for many people. So please help us out and, uh, you know, get to and enjoy a good night out, too. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a kickoff to, to help help these folks who uh, who need who need food. We're going to have a, a damn fine time during the comedy night and we'll have a good time during the Mayflower Marathon, too. Yes, we will. Got a, a couple of very exciting guests already uh, lined up uh, for the Mayflower Marathon. Uh, let's see. uh who, who we got going on? We got uh, Bob Hope? Uh, no, Bob Hope was not available this year. George Burns? Uh, not for lack of trying, but he is not available either. <clears throat> what about, uh, what about uh, I don't know, uh, Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd is still around, but I do not know if he is available for the Mayflower Marathon. I don't think he'll remember that he has an appointment with us. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to pick out yeah, all these, like, old, old. Yeah, pick one guy who is alive. Uh, I don't know. Um, you name somebody. I I don't want to go out there. Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. No, that Ted Kaczynski is no longer around. John Wayne Gacy. Not, not around and not that good of an interview. Jeffrey Dahmer. Same thing. Same. Well, I mean, if you're going to talk thing. about food insecurity, there's oh, a guy. Yeah, there's a guy. There's a guy who knew how to had a had a. But uh, he took that insecurity a little bit too far. Yeah, yeah. He, there's a guy who knew how to use a paring knife and, and knew, a camera, and knew how to invite a friend for dinner. Yes, come on <laughs> over. I just want to take some pictures of you. We got news next to Rock 102. Here's your Western mask. We'll pick you up. I'm John Heyman, and that's my promise. Eight thirty. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Brought to you by Naples Home Buyers. They buy homes as is and offer solutions to any problems. Naples Home Buyers. There's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thank you, Bax. Police in Enfield have arrested three people on drug and larceny charges on Monday. According to the Enfield Police, officers were dispatched to the stop and shop for reports of a larceny. The suspect was detained by the store's loss prevention. You think it was that robot that stopped them before they went out the door? I don't know. I don't know what the uh, the robot is there for, but if uh, loss prevention is part of it, then I'm sh- apparently it's doing its job. You know what the robot is there for? To alert s- of spills. That's it? So it, uh, it goes around the store, and then it uh, if it detects liquid on the ground, then it alerts somebody to come clean it up, which I don't know why it's not. A, it, I mean, for that size, that thing probably costs a lot of money. Where's the Roomba feature on it? Actually, isn't that kind of what a Roomba is? I mean, it's it's a glorified Roomba. Well, but it's just telling you that it's dirty. Oh. It's not actually vacuuming or sweeping or or washing anything. 
I just thought its purpose was to creep people out. Uh, yeah, it is because it's staring at you. Yeah, with its googly eyes. I don't like that. I I give it the finger every time I walk by it. Do you really? Yeah. Does it uh, respond to that? No, it doesn't. Hmm. It doesn't at all. He doesn't care. Interesting. He, he doesn't care what you say to him. <laughs> Anyway, after the office interviewed the suspect, a car in connection with the larceny was found in the parking lot with two men inside. Authorities then searched the vehicle where they found numerous knives, a handgun, and narcotics, and then all three individuals were then arrested. Ah, oh, what are you two? What are you boys doing in this vehicle? What you got there? Oh, these are my uh, my everyday knives. Oh, really? What are you doing? You just like uh, chopping vegetables in the car? Well, I'm I'm, uh, I'm chopping vegetables. And I'm uh, I'm doing stuff to myself and everything in between. <laughs> get in, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get in if I were you. I'm trying to uh, to pull up the story about the uh, the thing in Granby, uh, Connecticut, about the, and now I can't even find it. Th- this internet here is the worst well it's Steve. the abs- it's the absolute worst and it's like why doesn't anybody want to even try to fix this or come up with some sort of uh solution i think you're asking it off a lot don't you yeah i think i'm asking way too much but here's the uh here's the story uh of a lovely lady no of the uh, of the of the uh creeping gramby who was trying to uh poison children are you ready i'm ready there you go we finally got it loaded Police are investigating after a passenger in a truck allegedly threatened to poison a group of children in Granby on Friday. According to Granby police, the incident happened at 2.50 p.m. at the Cumberland Farms on Hartford Avenue. Several people in a pickup truck approached a group of children while they were walking through the parking lot. One of the passengers in the truck told the children to get in the truck or he would poison them. There were no injuries reported as a result of the incident. The passenger is described as a being a as being a man in his 20s or 30s, having light skin, a dark beard, and or goatee, and wearing a black backward baseball cap. Your typical Chad, the douche. <laughs> the truck is described as a gray uh, mid to late model Ford F-150 pickup truck with unknown plate surveillance video from the businesses in the area. We're able to capture the truck uh, fitting the description on camera to keep your children safe from strangers. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children recommends a no-go-tell approach. Say no if someone makes you scared or uncomfortable. Go away from the situation and then tell a trusted adult. Police also said it's important to try and note details about the event and take photos and videos if it is safe to do so or ask someone near you. Yeah, that's the funny thing. All these kids have phones mostly on all the time. Mm -hmm. And the one time where they get approached by somebody who probably would have been useful to the police as opposed to your dumb TikTok video that you were making with uh, your skateboard. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, uh, it's such a creepy thing to even think about, you know, like, uh, you know, kids being approached by dirtbags. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Uh, you get this all on video. Seems to me you eliminate a, a good deal of the, of the threat. Yeah. If a kid can videotape you trying to proposition a child into taking a ride or them being threatened by poison. Well, we're threatened by poison each and every morning here at Rock 102. Actually, we were almost poisoned. We were a almost going to play it, and I said, "Oh, we're too late." Let, let's not do that. Two Springfield. I don't men. know, Steve. It was going to be nothing but a good time. Ah, uh, what about the unskinny bop? 
We don't play that one. As I don't know. I was gonna I was gonna play that, but then I thought, hmm, look where the cat dragged in. Two uh, Springfield men are facing charges in Vermont after a lengthy drug investigation. Vermont State Police uh, Detective Sergeant Dustin Robinson. Oh, won't you please, Dustin Robinson, please tell us all the things you know. So I would have said oh, Dustin oh, the oh. Wind. Oh, see, I was yeah, going for man. the uh, yeah. the uh, the, uh, the, graduate, Garfunkel. the graduate uh, yeah. reference. Said that uh, local and state authorities have been conducting a months-long investigation into cocaine distribution in the area of Franklin County, Vermont. He added uh, that the investigation included several controlled purchases of cocaine base. Ooh, cocaine base. I, I don't know enough about uh, the coke trade wasn't to know it, what uh, that is. Wasn't it uh, Cocaine Base who said uh, it takes two to make a thing go right? It takes two to make a man No, 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 Steve. That's uh, that's Rob Base. All right. Uh, you're, you're thinking of the uh, you're thinking no no you're thinking of the band that did uh, I saw the sign. No, no, no. That's Ace of Base. <laughs> That was the thing Kenny Rogers was out of before that guy gave him advice on how to gamble. Uh, no, Steve, I, th- I think you're thinking of uh, you're out of aces. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think what you're actually trying to think of is the former guitar player for the band Kiss. Uh, no, no, no. You're thinking of Ace Freely. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of that uh, song that uh, was uh, was uh, done by... Uh... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Who sang Free Ride? Uh, the Edgar Winter Group. The Edgar Winter. I was thinking of that song by the Inter- Edgar Winter Group. Well, this is really it's awful. going nowhere. I, 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 we don't know why we try that. anymore. I, we, we're, we're dumb. Uh, anyway, on uh, Monday, uh, police arrested 29-year-old Keo Jones and 31-year-old Shawnee's Robinson. Oh, all these Robinsons. I wonder if that detective is related to this suspect. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I don't know. Both of Springfield. It's a very popular incident. name, though. Uh, uh, well, Jones and Robinson. Yes. Uh, facing five charges related to the sale of cocaine, while Shawnee uh, Robinson is facing uh, seven drug-related charges. So lots going on up in Vermont. Police on Florida's east coast are investigating uh, the death of a 69-year-old skydiver whose body was found in the front yard of a home in Titusville, Florida, on Saturday. The man, identified as Frederick Morello of Ormond Beach, was found dead wearing skydiving attire and gear at about 12.30 p.m. on Saturday, according to the Titusville Police Department. CBS News reported a surveillance camera from a neighboring home caught the reflection from a parked SUV in which the skydiver was seen falling from the sky before landing on the lawn. James Sconiers told the local TV station it was his yard in which the man landed. I was asking the person that was lying on the ground, Hey! Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? But but he did not answer. Yeah, well, because you know, probably a hard fall. <laughs> did you poke him with a stick? I would have poked him Just with a stick. Kick him a little bit with your shoe. Yeah. Uh, were his eyes wide open, and you had to close them like uh, like John Voight did to uh, Dustin Hoffman in the in the Midnight, Midnight Cowboy. Cowboy. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Nicole Account also spoke with the TV station, and she said she went outside after hearing trucks and saw Morello's body on the ground. I work in the medical field. That's the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Uh, they contacted the nearby Skydive Space Center and asked if Morello came for their com- came from their company. They declined to comment. I'm sorry. Are you missing any skydivers from your skydiving business? Well, let, me, uh, let me see. Yeah, one, two, three. No, we're all accounted for except that one guy. Uh, yeah, but they didn't even say that. 
No, we got all our skydivers here. We don't need any more. We're good. Uh, Sconiers, who told the uh, station he was a Vietnam veteran with airborne experience, said the incident raised what are thus far unanswered questions. Look at the video and look at what happened. Why did he fall so hard if all the safety mechanisms were in place? Something tells me there's a problem here. Oh, so we're we're, we're taking just people off the streets, uh, <laughs> telling people to draw their own conclusions of what happened. You know, uh, I thought when one of those things lands in your yard, you bring champagne out there to the front lawn. What? It's a hot air balloon. No, 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 Steve. That's a hot air balloon. Yeah, you know, and they they say it's good luck when a hot air balloon lands in your yard because you, you know they don't know where they don't have a plan to land those things anywhere. It's they wherever don't? The, it's no, it's wherever the wind takes you. You can't really control which way a hot air balloon goes. Suppose you're leaving the land of Oz. Well, hopefully you'll go back to your native Kansas. I don't know. I wouldn't mind riding in a beautiful balloon. You mean up, up and away? In, in a, a beautiful, beautiful balloon, a beautiful balloon. But uh, when somebody, when when a skydiver lands on your property, do you bring them? Uh, do you bring them something? Well, in that case, probably a mop and, and a, a bu- squeegee and a bucket and a, yeah, and a bucket. One of, one of those Homer buckets from yeah. Home Depot. Maybe some contractor yeah. bags. Yeah. That might be. Uh, that might work. Are you going to need to do a lot of cleaning up around here? <laughs> uh, at first, uh, here we're moving on to another story. Yeah, I'm going back to this one because it finally loaded. Uh, at first, Joe Ella Jada Tarbutton Springfield, resident board commissioner of the Walter Salvo House, said she thought she was getting bitten by mosquitoes. It wasn't until mid-September that she realized her apartment, along with several other resident apartments, had bed bugs. Tarbutton Springfield says she has uh, found and killed up to 70 bed bugs in her room over the past few weeks. She also has been dealing with uh, bed bug bites on the rashes from her skin. She's uh, living in the Salvo house up in Northampton. Has anyone told her you, you don't let the bed bugs bite? Yeah, well, that's the problem. They're, bite, they're biting all the time, and you can't stop them. I'm, but she's I'm probably a, up all night. Yeah. Not uh, sleeping tight. She has, she's been a resident at Salvo house for almost a decade, and she has virtually quarantined herself to her room because she's worried about other uh, about giving other people bed bugs. I'm afraid of them hitchhiking, so I didn't participate in the doozy-doo parade. The doozy do parade. The doozy do. Yeah. Heidi Seuss, another resident at Salvo House, said she noticed she had bed bugs about a month and a half ago. Both apartments were heat treated last week. I'm trying to help people here, and I'm trying to help people not get it, said the North Housing uh, Hampton Direct Northampton Housing Director Kara Leeper. She said it's a very scary thing we're trying to control. You know what? Once you get them in one room, they're all over the place. Years ago, I had to stay at a hotel in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, remember New York was going through this huge. Bed bug, bed bug infestation on all the big hotels, and these were like nice hotels. These weren't like these, you know, no tell motel, flea bag, you know, you know, dead hooker in a bathtub tub type of hotels. These yeah. were like you know very very nice places. Well, they were doing this big protest at, on the uh, outside the hotel that I was staying at, mm-hmm. and they had a guy. I don't know where the hell he got this. You know, with Halloween coming around, you know, you doing the uh, the Halloween uh, costume. Yeah, at the uh, the rumble seat. Some guy is down there protesting, dressed like a bed bug. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was very, very. Cool. It looked a little bit more like a tick, but still, yeah. it's, a, it's a you know a bed you the, know bo- you know a bed bug. The point was made. The point was yeah. it was very right. clear. Well, he was holding a sign too. That helped also. But even still, bed bugs in every hotel in New York. Imagine how many people stay in a hotel in New York. Uh, lots of people stay in a hotel in New York, and you bring in all that stuff with you. I, I worry about when I travel on the airplane. 
If somebody has bed bugs in their luggage, yeah. that could get into your luggage too by the time you get to your destination. Dude. And then you don't even know what you're doing. You get there and you know, all of a sudden you got a bed bug infestation. Head lice. Yeah. Think about that. You could be on a plane, put your head back, right? Just, you know, put your seat back a little bit. Yeah. All of a sudden you got a big mop of uh of head lice. Of head lice. That is gross. Buddy. It is gross. Yeah. And it's not a fun process to get rid of them. No. No, the nits. Ugh, Ugh. Those little combs. Oh, awful. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got some time for another story, right? Sure. A 41-year-old drunk woman got arrested after attacking a mattress store mascot in Durango, Colorado. It happened outside of a store called the Mattress Outlet on September 27th. Their mascot is a six-foot-tall mattress named Maddie. You've seen that before. I think I have. I think uh, we have a mattress outlet somewhere around here, I think, that has the mattress logo yes. for the guy. The employee playing him was only a few minutes into his shift when the woman showed up and started hugging him, but she quickly became aggressive. Uh, the manager described her as drunk out of her mind. <laughs> he says she kept trying to shove and trip Maddie to get him on the ground and eventually did knock him down. Then she stood over him screaming profanities. Really? Yeah. Maddie got up, ran inside, and held the door while they called 911. Meanwhile, she kept banging on it and, she, and threw a sign they'd set up outside. Cops caught up with her a block away and arrested her for assault, uh, and uh, she's now dealing with that. Uh, but they don't show a f- uh, her they don't show her mugshot, but they show a picture of the mattress, and he's like, "Hey, well, he's happy now. It's he's Maddie the happy mattress." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are ways to be nice to a mattress where you don't have to like you know scream and yell and knock them down. Yeah, well, I, that's why I stick with the sleep number bed. Yeah, aren't they kind of expensive? Yeah, but can you really afford another restless night's sleep, Max? I don't think you can. I guess not. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, sunny with a high of 63. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 68. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 853 and Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sunny and nice today with a high of 63. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 67. It is 48 right now in downtown Springfield. This is pretty exciting. Hockey is back in Springfield. Springfield this Saturday, hang out with the Rock 102 Road Crew as the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds open up their 2023-2024 season at the Mass Mutual Center against the Hartford Wolfpack. The road, the road crew will be there at the Plaza at MGM Springfield for the Community Bank pregame block party from 4 to 6. Lots of fun for the entire family. It's opening night at the Springfield Thunderbirds this Saturday night with Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Sweet. Good to have them back. In fact, I think on Thursday... We have a uh, the very first uh, Thunderbird Thursday prize package to give away. Uh, really? I believe that's this week. No, I didn't. Oh, I, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah, mean, like, I knew we did the Thunderbird Thursdays, but I didn't know if it was this Thursday. Yeah, I, I believe we got an email about it, and uh, that's one of the very few emails I read. Uh, here's a little quiz for you. Yeah. Are people who are born in Puerto Rico U.S. citizens? Yes, they are. Yes, the answer is yes. But in a recent poll, only 54% of Americans know that, which has caused some problems. Puerto Rico just announced that they're changing their driver's licenses to add USA because they're encountering issues when traveling to the mainland. Uh, employees of airlines, rental car companies, and even bars have been rejecting Puerto Rican driver's licenses and asking for valid IDs like a passport. When Puerto Rican IDs are just as valid as a driver's license from Texas. Yeah, the, uh, that's, you know, you think about that, uh, you with all the 
you know, with all the people outraged about you know, people here undocumented, yeah. these people are American citizens. R- right. They're, 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 they they're, belong here. Yeah. yeah. Isn't like isn't like people in the Philippines as well considered U.S. citizens? Is it just certain um, U.S. territories, or is I think it, all the U.S. territories. Yeah, I, I mean, like there's some American Samoans that d- deserve to be here as much as anybody else. Uh, but anyway, like, like the large influx of people from Guam. Uh, the main difference is that because Puerto Rico is not a state, they don't vote in presidential elections and only have non-voting representation in Congress. But for everything else, they're it's just as good as having a having a, a, a whatever state yeah. you're from. But some people don't think adding USA to licenses will make much of a difference because uh, previous licenses featured the American flag, and that wasn't even enough to remind people that they are American <laughs> citizens. It's uh, it's it's shocking how little people know about this country and about the rest of the world. That's stereotypes. That's what it comes it's, down to. It's not just stereotypes. It's also ignorance on the mainland here of people that just aren't really aware of what's that's going what I, on in the world. That's what I mean, though. Like stereotypes of like, ah, these people from that island. It's like, it's like you, you've got this horrible situation, you know, yeah. brewing in in Israel, mm-hmm. and there's people online saying, "When the hell did this start? Uh, uh, Two thousand like, years ago? Like I, thousands yeah. and thousands of years ago? Yeah, yeah." It's just unbelievable how sometimes we just you know bury our head in the sand and don't pay attention to what's going on in the world. This is why I try not to pay attention to what's going on in the world because it's distressing. It's distressing, and it, it's like you know what? It's easier to tell a to to tell a joke about a penis than it is to to try to decipher why people fight and why people kill each other and yep. all this other stuff. So I think fart jokes are some of the best jokes, not only because they're funny, but it distracts us from but, all the horrors of the world. Well, we don't go that low. We're we're not uh, the bathroom humor. We're not big on. Well, that. I, I'm, I'm I I use yeah. fart joke as like a universal type of description. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really tell them any fart jokes, but you know, it's like you know, it's it's you know, low brow, low hitting humor. You don't tell a lot of jokes. You just do it a lot. I know you uh, told me you went and crop dusted a Target over the weekend. All these people were like, you know, the place had to be shut down. I think of the two of us. Yeah. You're the one with the glade on the side well, on your side of the room. Well, because I uh, I respect what's going on on this side of the room. <laughs> I don't want you to know what's going on uh, out here. Yeah, but then you you'll, know, you'll, pro- you'll, you'll spray and and apologize. Listen, oh, sorry, dude. Listen, that t- well <laughs> Would you rather that, or would you rather just uh, you know have a sneak attack in the Steve, middle of the night, like a Pearl Harbor? I've spent yeah. 28 years in this room with yeah. no with knowing willing to accept any form of responsibility. And for I that. finally do, re- <laughs> and here I am. I'm accepting all kinds. This is why we don't argue about it because I'm respectful to you. I well, just, thank you. I, I, uh, I very much appreciate a, a little that, shot. Uh, your cur- your courteousness has not uh, is not gone unnoticed. I, I'd prefer to go through life ignorant. Yeah, it, it does. It does make things easier. Yes, it does. It's eight fifty eight on Rock one hundred two. 